0: Our sermon text for today comes from the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through 7 and 15 and 16. When when Abram was 90 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will confirm my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your members. Abram fell face down and God said to him, "'As for me, this is my covenant with you. "'You will be the father of many nations. "'No longer will you be called Abram. "'Your name will be Abraham. "'For I have made you a father of many nations. "'I will make you very fruitful, I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. God also said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, You are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Names are important. I've always thought it was interesting that people take a lot of time, and I'm going to pick on Amanda and John. Um, They're going to be having a baby, and they want to come up with names, and they've been asking people. I uh, didn't suggest the names I normally suggest, when a young couple ask, I'm kind of partial to Melchizedek. <laughs> but nobody's ever taken me up on that. Mephibosheth. That's another good name. They're both biblical names. But we prefer names that to us sound a little better. But in our culture... In the English culture, names don't mean as much as they do in other cultures. Uh, most of you know that I have a Native American ancestry. And I love some of the Native American names. There is one chief that I truly like. He's called Young Man Afraid of His Horse. <laughs> we laugh at that because that sounds silly. The problem is, that's not his name. Let me get a big breath so I can get it out here. His name is. He is such a a young man who is such a great warrior that even his enemies are afraid of his horse. How would you like to write that on your check? (laughs) That's what his name means. This was a man, a young man who was a great warrior, so his name says that in native culture when you were a child you were given a name but then when you became an adult you were given another name one of my other favorite people was a young boy by the name of curly that was his childhood name and as he grew and matured he became a man who was a great spiritual man And you've probably heard of him by the name of Crazy Horse. But the real translation of his name in Lakota is Mystic Horse. He was a medicine man. He was a man of spiritual... He followed God. He was one of God's men. And so that was the name he was given. And for the native people, when you got your your second name or your adult name it said something about who you were. It said something about your character and who you had grown to be. In our culture, you get a name at birth and it never changes. In Hebrew culture, as we read in the Old Testament, many times their names tell us about that person. And here we have Abram, who becomes Abraham, father of many nations. Because God had a job for Abraham to do. And Sarai, his wife, is renamed Sarah, mother of many nations. And she becomes the mother of great nations. They had one child. Doesn't sound like such a great big family. But it turned in to the people of Israel. The Jewish people became descendants of Abraham and Sarah. God had a purpose for them. God had a mission and a ministry that Abraham and Sarah were going to do. So he changed their names. That's not unusual in the New Testament also we're told that when we become a follower of Jesus Christ when we admit that we're sinners and ask Jesus to forgive our sins that we are reborn and when you're reborn you're given a new name and we read in Revelation that all of those who are true followers of Jesus Christ are going to have a new name. They're going to be given a new name. But when we become a Christian, we are given a new name. We are called Christian. We're called after Jesus Christ. A Christian is somebody who is a follower of Jesus Christ. So we're given a new name that distinguishes us from those who are not followers of Jesus Christ. Those who have not committed themselves to serving him. And what we need to understand is we're called to live into that new name. Abraham and Sarah were called by God to live in To what he had called them to do, and that would be the mother and father of a new nation. Though they really didn't think it was possible, because at the time Abraham was 90, Sarah was, or yeah, and Sarah was 90, and Abraham was 100, and okay, that's a little on the old side. But God said they were going to be able to do it. And to prove to them that God was going to do what he said he was going to do, God even gives them a new name. So when God gives us a new name and calls us Christian, he's giving us an understanding of what he's calling us to do and be. We are to follow the example of Jesus Christ. To live our lives as Jesus Christ lived his life. One of the things that I liked about the Methodist church, and especially John Wesley's theology and John Wesley's teaching, I didn't grow up with it, but when I learned about it was the idea that God calls us to be perfect. When I was ordained as a United Methodist pastor, one of the questions that they asked me was, are you going on to perfection? Sounds like a strange question. But it's no stranger than God telling Abraham and Sarah, you're going to be the father and mother of a great nation. Because it wasn't their doing that made the great nation, it was God's doing. And when asked, are you going on to perfection, the correct answer is yes, with God's help. We set our goals high as Christians. We strive to be perfect as our Father in heaven is perfect. That's what we're called to be. That's how we're called to live. And I think for some reason... We've come up with the idea that, well, that's not really possible for us to be perfect, so we should accept something less. Why? Why? Why should we accept something less? Well, an answer might be, because we're not capable of being perfect. So what? Did God tell you to become perfect on your own? Did God tell you to work until you became perfect? No. God promised us the Holy Spirit that he would give us the guidance to become perfect. And it's a process. It's one of the reasons that in the history of the church they've always had mentors. Mentors were older people, people more mature in their faith, who could encourage younger people in the faith. Because it's not so easy when you're a new Christian and somebody says, hey, God wants you to be perfect. Well, I might as well quit now. But that's not the way it should be. We as those who are more mature in our faith should encourage the younger ones to remind them that it's not our doing, it's God's continual work in you through the Holy Spirit. It's learning the scriptures, it's growing in your faith. Yes, it's making mistakes and then asking for forgiveness so that we can grow into the people that God has for us to be. I think the problem right now with the church of Jesus Christ is we've become comfortable with not being perfect. We've become comfortable with not achieving what God has called us to achieve, and we've said, well, we can't make it, so we're just going to be happy and stay where we're at. It doesn't work that way in our lives we need to continue to strive and to grow to continue to live in to the name that we have been called to to live in to our Christian name to be followers of Jesus Christ Sometimes I think we have the idea that being a Christian is easy. It is not easy. It's a lot of hard work. And we need to put in the work. Just like if we want to be an athlete or we want to be a doctor or we want to do whatever it is we want to do, we have to put in the work to learn what it is we want to learn or to train our body. We need to continue to work at things. But we've gotten lazy. We've gotten flabby in our faith. Because we've forgotten that we are called by God's name. We are God's children. We are Christians. We have been given a new name. And when God gives us a new name, he calls us into that new name. And he calls us to be his people. In this world, there is a great need for people who live into the name of Christian. There are many people on Facebook, I see it all over, all over social media, who claim to be Christians. And I'm not sure some of them even know what that means. I think for them it means they're not Muslim. Or maybe not Catholic or not something else. But being a Christian means we are a follower of Jesus Christ. We have admitted that we're sinners. We have bowed before him and asked him to forgive our sins for he died for our sins on the cross. And we have committed all that we have and all that we are to serving Him. And then we wear the name Christian, for we are God's people. May we live into our new name. May we live into the name that God has given us, for we are God's people. Amen.